It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Julia Hartley Brewer Daily. If you missed any of my talk radio breakfast show, don't worry. We've put some of the punchiest bits of this morning's show into a bite-sized podcast, the Julia Hartley Brewer Daily. Enjoy. Talk radio breakfast with Julia Hartley Brewer and The Times. Be well informed. Let's uh, turn our attention uh, to the Home Office, very much in the news uh, of late. Let's speak to the Policing Minister, Kit Malthouse, who joins us now. Good morning to you, Minister. Morning, Julia. Good morning. Now, uh, you're here to talk about uh, a government uh, announcing a consultation on a new covenant to recognise the service and sacrifice of the police. Tell us what that involves. I am. So you're quite right, Julia. As we're recruiting 20,000 more police officers over the next three years, we want to be sure that they know that we support them and that we're concerned about their... Uh, future. And so we're launching a consultation on this idea of a police covenant, effectively a pledge between society and the police in three particular areas where we want to look after them. First of all, their physical safety. What can we do to make sure that they feel safe as they do their jobs? Their health and well-being, critical part of uh, of them being efficient and able to do their job. And then finally, family support. As you will know, behind every police officer there stands an anxious family that doesn't know when their loved one leaves the front door in the morning, um, whether they going to return in one piece at night and we want to make sure that those families know that if anything happens or indeed if it doesn't that they've got the wraparound support that they need uh, to make sure that they're okay too and we're uh, putting this consultation out there today asking society widely about the series of questions about what they think should be in uh, that covenant. Okay well we know I mean the former Home Secretary Sajid Javid as was uh, he's been a number of former jobs lately uh, he announced he wanted to do this this is an Mm. eight-week consultation announced by your boss uh, Priti Patel. Um, You say you like it to the armed forces covenant, the military covenant, but there's been quite a lot of concern that actually our you know, armed forces aren't getting the protection that that covenant promises, and particularly after they leave the service and their family members as well. Um, are you going to ensure that uh, you, the, the, the police do get the sort of, uh, I suppose, the care uh, through the years, through the decades that they also deserve? Well, yeah, that's going to be part of the job. Absolutely, Julie, you're right. Now, I, I represent a, uh, a constituency that has a large number of veterans and former armed services personnel in it and I've certainly found in my correspondence uh, over the last four or five years the the need to remind people about the military covenant, schools and what have you, um, and to embed it more. And I know there's a lot of work going on at the MOD to make sure that it is working much better than perhaps it has in the past. And we we want to learn from that with the police covenant. It will be different because the police face different challenges from those who are in the armed services and that's why we're putting this consultation out there today, to make sure that we try and get it right. It's very uh, important um, 
particularly at the moment as young people contemplate joining the police, uh, that they know that there is this contract between us and them that will look after them. Okay. now we also know, obviously, uh, being policing minister, that we have seen a big issue uh, with rising knife crime, rising drug crime. And we're going to be Mm. talking to uh, the reporters at uh, Sky News about a police operation overnight involving five forces targeting county lines drug gangs uh, overnight. Mm. Uh, We're hoping to find out, get an update on what's happened there. Um, How much more action is going to be needed to tackle this issue? I think a lot of people, the county lines gangs doesn't really mean anything to people. This is just drug dealers moving out of major cities and selling their drugs around the country, isn't it? Yeah, although it is a new kind of business model that we haven't seen uh, before from what you would call, I suppose, the drugs industry. And part of this operation um, that you've seen overnight is part of a a pilot that we've been running in Liverpool, West Midlands and and London to look at what more we can do to interfere with the business model of county lines, drugs, gangs. And in particular, what we can do to grip the transport network. We know that they are using young people travelling on rail, sometimes cars, but largely rail and public transport to shift drugs around the country. And if we grip that, grip what has become perhaps an artery for those drug dealers, uh, then we're able to close down the trade. And certainly we've seen, you know, intensification of activity with drugs, dogs and other forms of detection at streets like Lime Street in Liverpool um, and elsewhere to try and shut it down. And we've seen some big success. The Met have been working very closely, for example, uh, with Norfolk Constabulary uh, to close down some of the lines there. And we've had some big results out of that. And you will see more of this in the weeks to come. It's a priority, particularly for the Prime Minister and a meeting with him just this week to talk about strategy and we'll be pushing more and more out. Well, you say it's a priority, but the police themselves say they don't have the resources to actually tackle this issue. Well, we've just given a huge boost, £1.1 billion. I had the police funding debate just earlier this week in the House, uh, the biggest settlement for some time for the police. We've obviously got another 6,000 police officers coming on um, uh, this year, another 14,000 to come in the years two years following. Uh, We're putting about £25 into this county lines uh, proposal. And what I'm hoping is that in the spending round that's coming up, we're able to show some of the action that we've taken on county lines initially as a kind of investable proposition for colleagues at the Treasury, not least because the the Prime Minister has issued this instruction that he wants this county lines phenomenon brought to an end. Let's also talk about what is going on inside the Home Office. You're a Home Office Minister. Your boss uh, is uh, Priti Patel, the Home Secretary. She's been under fire. Some people are claiming... that actually she is facing what is out and out sexism, possibly even racism in terms of uh, the criticism of her uh, but in, in the media and by uh, the civil service in terms of uh, her, uh, her aptitude and her behaviour in the office. Um, she's been accused of being a bully uh, and uh, being not up to the job. Well, what, what do you make of those criticisms of your boss? So, Julia, we're all focused on the mission, which is fighting crime. As you know, she and the Permanent Secretary have issued a joint statement saying this is all unfounded and they're alarmed at these uh, rumours. And, you know, there is a... um a strong sense of focus now at the Home Office that what people really want us to get on with is fighting crime. You know, the last couple of years we have sadly seen a spike in some awful crime types, knife crime, violence, some murder, drug dealing, and all of us now are standing shoulder to shoulder to try and get on top of that. And and so you'll forgive me if I don't comment on the soap opera because, to be honest with you, Julia, as you know, when you go out in the streets, people aren't talking about that. They're talking about whether they feel safe in their neighbourhood, whether they're going to be burgled, 
world, if their teenager is going to get home in one piece. And that really has to be where our focus is. And I know the Home Secretary is very focused on that. That absolutely is where people's focus is. However, if you've got elected politicians and civil servants at war with each other in the department that's supposed to be keeping us safe, we're not likely to see uh, any improvements in the policing and the safety on our streets, are we? How can we be sure that the Home Office is even functioning when we've got... uh, Yes, we've had that joint statement, but everyone knows where where these, uh, these, these claims and counterclaims have come from. Well, I think that's the point. We don't. Uh, and the two people... From senior civil servants. Well, the two people who are most uh, involved have issued a joint statement denying it. You know, even the, the uh, MI5 have issued a statement uh, denying some of the rumours in the uh, papers. So it's it's all, frankly, Julia, a distraction. You know, what the police want to know through the Covenant today is that we're behind them. And what the public want to know is that all of us, the police, the Home Office, police and crime commissioners across the country, are united in trying to confront some of the really serious crime issues that we face at the moment. Okay. Now, we're, you know, we've got a huge job on to get on top of that at the same time as recruiting 20,000 extra police officers and we just don't need the distraction. So we just want to get on with that. That's the, that's the real job. Talk Radio Breakfast with Julia Hartley-Brewer and The Times. Know your times. Joining me right now is the former Brexit Secretary, David Davis. Good morning to you. Good morning. Yeah, um, I thought you were talking about people when I came in, the kleptoparasites. <laughs> right. No, 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 no I'm, not, I'm not talking about people like Jean-Claude Juncker. Not at all, not at all. Uh, so, now, we had yesterday, we had Michel Barnier uh, publishing the new negotiating mandate from the EU, a series of demands, just to go briefly through the, 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 the high-focus ones, uh, basically a requirement for us to continue following Brussels rules, a ban on us negotiating a US trade deal that would allow in chlorinated chicken. They're very obsessed with chlorinated chicken. And also an assistance that EU fishing boats will retain their existing quotas yeah. in British waters. Unsurprisingly, Downing Street said no, no, no to yeah. all of those. Um, how confident are you that uh, Boris Johnson is going to stick to those lines? Oh, pretty confident. I mean, those. Uh, I, in fact, um, David Frost, his his uh, negotiator, said in terms quite rightly, the, these the sorts of things that are what taking back control is about. You know, you, it's, this is not negotiable. Uh, the British public said we want to leave. That means we're not going to be under their laws, we're not going to be under their control, uh, and we control our own fishing. So hard luck, Michelle, really. Um, lots of people are saying that, uh, on the people on, on the Remain side, you know, a deal is going to be impossible, but there's a lot of mockery we've had over the years of Liam Fox, of course, uh, the former International Trade Secretary. He said this should be the easiest deal in his, trade deal in history, which, of course, it should be, given that we start with regulatory alignment, we're you know, geographical neighbours, and the like, uh, and yet uh, there's constantly been, um, you know, concern that look, this isn't going to happen. This just isn't going to happen. Um, and and what what are your expectations? Well, remember before Christmas they said that um, the the union said, "Oh, we're not we're not going to change anything in the withdrawal agreement. We're not going to change anything in the free trade agreement." And of course, they did almost instantly. Uh, so uh, the, the, these assertions. Uh, by the European Union are negotiating stances and we should treat them that way. I mean, one thing that used to drive me mad when I was a minister was everything we said was was treated as sort of conditional negotiating stance. Everything they said was treated as... The gospel. absolute truth, gospel. Um, and I'm afraid it's not. And then this is going to go. This is going to go all the way to November, December. Yeah. What is it? That's the thing. So December thirty first is the final day. Which well, that's the end of the transition period. That's it. Um, but of course, again, these issues, the trade deal, it's going to have to go through uh, various processes in the EU and be approved around all the EU twenty seven and 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 our approval here. Surely, it's going to have to be done and dusted, sort of by October. Surely, no, 
No, no, they won't. But I mean, it, it should be. I mean, in theory, you're right. Of course, if everyone was sensible. If everyone was sensible, but the European Union doesn't work that way. I mean, firstly, it behaves like an imperial power and tries to bully anybody it's dealing with, which why it never gets a deal with anybody who of any size. I mean, it doesn't get a deal with China or whatever, um, uh, or India. Uh, secondly, uh, it always uses time. Always goes right to the last minute, and then what it, then what it does? It stops. Does what it calls stops the clock. So they pretend it's still midnight on the 31st December, a month later, you know, and they keep all the rules in place for that. Now, that's fine. Go the distance. Go the distance. And and again, there was a lot of, uh, of, uh, well, should we say, doubt that Boris Johnson, when he became Prime Minister, could do the transition deal Mm. in the time frame he did. He did. He brought it back. Lots of concerns. We spoke to the DUP a little bit earlier on the show. Felt that it had been sold down the river. Um, But in terms of getting this deal, we've got economic slowdown across the world already. We've got an economic slowdown in in Europe. We've got a lot of issues in a lot of countries like France and Germany. Uh, Germany almost hitting recession at one point. Uh, We've got the Chinese problem with the coronavirus you know, manufacturing down to a tiny percentage of what it normally is. There's going to be concerns over the economic future. Is that going to help us in terms of these countries in the EU are not going to want to risk any hit to their trade with us, particularly their exports to us? In the final analysis, it will be to our advantage, a rather grim fact. But, I mean, our economy's on the uptick. I mean, it's, you know, I mean... Some some people say, you know, if you want, uh, you want a lucky chancellor. We've got a very lucky chancellor. He's coming in just as the economy is doing this. He's yeah. turning up, you know, and uh, and that will be to our advantage. They will have problems on money. Um, they've got problems already on money. Um, they've got problems on uh, on uh, on sales, revenue, exports. We you know, we are half as big a market again yeah. for them as they are for us. We are their most profitable market. They call us Treasure Island in Germany because we're their most profitable. They don't want to lose that. Um, so you know, is is it is a lot of it down to the fact they were trying to stop Brexit from happening because it was in yeah. their interest to keep our money rolling in and keep uh, keep the free trade. But once it's happened, everyone everything's turned to practicalities again. Well, it hasn't yet, but it will. It hasn't yet, but it will. And in the final analysis, in the abs- you know, if they re- if they really do play hardball stupidly, then we we, we turn around and say, well, right, in that case, we repudiate the withdrawal agreement. What about well. this? Well, what well what about this talk? I mean, you know, Canada-style trade deal again. This was what was originally offered to Theresa May. Yeah. I never understood why she didn't say yes to it. Mm. Uh, now we're told You're uh, both. yes, but, but now now we're told uh, uh, no, that's not on the table anymore. Yeah. And the prime minister said, well, also an Australian-style system. Of course, that's not a comprehensive trade deal. It's no. only small individual sectors. No. We've spoken to the Australian High Commission about that recently um in 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 which case would you be happy with that well if we have to but but when this was underway when i was still in the department we had this argument coming backwards and forwards look you know we're not going to undermine the single market fair enough they don't undermine the single market but what we did was it was a 40 page document consisting of the best bit of every deal they'd done with the rest of the world the best bit of the Canada deal, best bit of the Japan deal, best bit of the South Korean deal, best bit of the New Zealand deal, and so on. Now, none of those could undermine a single market, could they? Because they'd already agreed them with somebody else. Yeah. That's what we should be aiming for. Now, if it comes down to it and we have no deal at all, well, then so be it. It won't hurt us anything like 
it'll hurt them, okay. and we'll have more money to deal with, and we'll have other options to go to. We'll have other trade deals to do with the rest of the world. European Union has no upside in this game. We do have upside in okay. it. So just, the, negotiating, the negotiating leverage is all one way now. Just finally and briefly, um, Priti Patel, one of your f- fellow Brexiteers, mm. uh, for, uh, now, of course, Home Secretary, is under a lot of fire at the moment. The kind of claims of her being a bully, claims of her being impossible to work for, uh, not uh, not actually obeying the rule of law. Some really quite challenging allegations, all denied now by the Permanent Secretary. The Prime Minister has said he's mm. got full confidence in her. Uh, why do you think she's facing such attacks? Well, the first thing to say, as you may remember some years ago, uh, John Reid, when he arrived at the Home Office, described it as not fit for purpose. You know, it's long had problems. And Amber Rudd hit this because Amber Rudd lost her job, not because of her fault, but because of failures by her department to support her and give her the right data. And you've still got some of those things going on. Frankly, the briefing against Pretty Patel over the last week was disgraceful. There's nothing what do you think motivates? Is it because she's a Brexiteer? Is it because she's a woman? Is it because she's an Asian woman who's a Conservative? I, I have no idea on, on the cause of it, but I can just tell you, I've been in Parliament for 32 years. I've never seen a, a, a department behave that way. Never, ever seen the department behave that way. And the idea, I mean, frankly, the idea of Pretty Patel bullying a perm secretary. Has nobody, has nobody ever seen Yes Minister? You know, do you, do you really think Sir Humphrey's going to be bullied by anybody? No, it's ridiculous. OK, thank you very much indeed, a former Brexit Secretary Conservative MP, David Davis, very much appreciate you joining us. Talk Radio Breakfast with Julia Hartley Brewer. Weekday mornings from 6.30 on Talk Radio. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Uh, We're going to now talk to, well, I mean, let's be honest, someone who's just a legend. Let's have a little listen to some of his biggest hits. It's my life, it's now 
Right, everyone, put your lighters down, wow. put the air guitar away. He's here, John Von Jovi, live in the studio. Good morning. Thank you, Julia. Oh, we're all rocking away to that. Yeah, I saw that. Now, okay, this is a terrible question to ask someone who is a, a, a international global superstar. Do you ever get bored of hearing your own songs? No, that's that would be a terrible. Because that's put a smile tragedy. on everyone's face. That's wonderful, isn't it? I actually don't listen to the records often enough, so when you hear them even like that, you go, oh. Oh, yeah, that's really fine. good. Right. <laughs> I, I was I was rocking down to a couple of yes, those. Yes, you were. In a bar, no, but no, in a bar you last up the in mood. a bar last week. So right. <laughs> I've had them more recently. Right, well, you're in to talk about uh, that. You're uh, got a new album out, a new single, Limitless, yes. uh, and you're going on a world tour as well. Got to work, man's got to work. Do so, you still need to work? You know, I love to do my job. I love to write songs, and when I write songs, I want to share them with people. It's that simple. It's, you just do it for the love of it. I don't really love living out of a suitcase and, you know, eating club sandwiches for dinner, but, you know, it's uh, it's part of the job. But when you write a song, you get excited about it and people connect to it, so I want to go out and share it. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Look, you've sold over 130 uh, million albums, mm. of course, inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And you've mm. also played thousands of concerts in more than 50 countries, and you are one of the big stadium acts mm. that uh, people expect a big show, a big act. Um, do, you, do you just, I mean, do you love going on stage? No. Really? No? No. Do you, I, get, do you get nervous? Do you no, get no, 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 no. No, I mean, the performance part is all, that. there's no nerves involved. It's like I said, you know, when you're living out of a suitcase for nearly four decades, um, hotels are nice, but, you know, home is nice. Home is mm-hmm. nice. Well, you're, you're very unusual for a rock star Am in terms I? of. Well, yeah, you, you've you, you've done this crazy thing of staying married to the same woman. Oh my goodness! And who, who actually had all of your children? She did. I mean, is that, is right. that, is that that's even her, allowed in the rock says star that all, world? Isn't that funny? Because that's what she'll say. We have four kids together. <laughs> How do you manage that? Well, we, when we hear about, I got rock it right stars, the first time. I was lucky. Got it right the first time. Was it luck? Yes, it was wonderful. It's, it's it was. And luck. you've been together for how many years? Well, we've been married for nearly thirty-one, and together close to forty. Okay, do your fellow rockers though? You must, be, you know, I imagine you move in a high celebrity world where who are sort of exchanging their yeah, women folk over the true. over the months. Do, do, not but, true. Do they Bono's look at you married like, as long as I am. Uh, Bruce is married as long as I am. So. You know, that's, it's really not true, but I, I've become somehow the poster boy uh, for that one, and so I'll take it. Is it part of your success, do you think, the fact that you've got this sort of happy, stable uh, family life? I have no idea. I would like what to think would it, it had something like? to do with the songs. Oh, I'd like to. I'd like, yeah, but isn't it easier to go out and to be a success if, you, if you're not dealing with no. all the stress of home? No? Uh, you know, it's nice to have that, that, that safety net of knowing that, you know, you've got a great partner and... Someone that you love, so it, it's not hard okay. work to stay together. Absolutely. It's, it's not. Well, look, let's have a little listen to okay. the new single from your album. Album's not out till May the 15th. This single's already out. It's called Limitless. Okay, so um, this, I mean, this new single, this album, you're, you, the tour is obviously going to be promoting it as well. T- yeah. Tell us about what your inspiration was. Um, the album's called 2020. And when I was brave enough to name it 2020 in an election year, <laughs> I, had to be, I had to be aware of the wryness of the title because in America it is, in fact, an election year. So not for nothing, but it's a great campaign poster and I couldn't do any worse than the current office holder. <laughs> and so on the other hand, it's that I have clear vision. And we'd been through a lot, you know, professionally as a band and... 
the last few years. And so to say now that I've got clear vision of what we're what we are and where we are in our career again. And the songs are um, socially impacted, whether it's songs about soldiers with PTSD, which is really the reason why I'm here, to, um, or gun violence in America currently, yeah. the political climate. Uh, so I address a lot of social issues on the on the record, which is different. But it was a snapshot of what's going on in essence around my life at this time. Well, we'll talk a little bit about what's going on in America. And again, you've been very active on some of these fronts. But oh, yeah. this uh, this week, on Friday, in fact, you are going to a recording session at the legendary Abbey Road Studios, of course, where the uh, Beatles recorded uh, to either no one other than the Prince Prince Harry, the Duke of Sussex, and the Invictus Choir. Now, this, of course, uh, is uh, the choir. They're going to be uh, raising money for the Invictus Games, which Prince Harry started for uh, service men and women, mm-hmm. uh, ex-service women, to, to compete in Olympic-style yep. uh, uh, races and, yep. uh, and, and competition. Um, what, what inspired you to, uh, to record with Prince Harry? How well, did that come about? It, it, um, I wrote a song for a very small documentary in America. I was asked to write this song called Unbroken about soldiers who were suffering with PTSD and the idea that they were bringing attention through service dogs, just another approach to ch- helping these soldiers heal. So when I wrote this song back in August and before the film came out and obviously before a record is going to come out, I wrote a letter to Harry because I was did, aware... Did you know him? No, I didn't. But I was very aware of what he's done, the good works he'd done in the Invictus Games. And I said, I've got an idea because I think that the soldiers, knowing that they had a choir, could sing this song, tell their story, it would promote the games. And, and most importantly, I wanted to give something back to the UK who have given me so much love for nearly four decades. Okay. And so it took him a minute to respond. You know, you got to figure out where his mailbox is but uh <laughs> so you but you have people who can find out harry prince we harry's did. email address we did and so uh he heard the song wrote me a wonderful letter back and uh and then nobody would have foreseen you know the situation that he's in but um we got a call immediately thereafter to say oh we're sticking to that calendar we're doing this oh wonderful okay yeah. well let's have a listen to the song that Good. you've already recorded yeah. uh, which the choir uh, and you and prince harry are going to Correct. record on friday this is unbroken Loving that. Now that's going to be recorded. You're going to be singing it. The Invictus Choir are going to be singing it. And yeah. has Prince Harry promised to sing as well? That's... No, no, no. But, you know, the microphone what's will play, be open What's going to do? Tambourine? Now remember, what? you know, William <laughs> once jumped up on stage with me and sang Living on a Prayer. So, you know, his brother sings very well. So it'd be a, it would be a daunting task for him to outdo his brother, but, you know, you never know. I mean, you know, we had a lot of charity singles over the years, but a charity single with a, a royal prince uh, singing on, with, a, with a, I suppose, a rock prince. Well, you know, you know what, I, I was wondering, what do I call him now? And then I've come up with the idea, he's going to be known as the artist formerly known as Prince. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Now, you, you mentioned with your album title 2020, obviously, the American presidential election, we had another Democrat primary yeah. debate last 
tonight. You have spoken... You, you, you're a bit wary about being too political um, uh, on, in, in public, but um, you have spoken about your concerns about the current incumbent of the White House, Donald yeah. Trump, and particularly your concerns about, you mentioned this earlier, gun violence in the United States. Amongst other things. Um, are you going to be campaigning for any of the candidates Eventually, this time Eventually. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure that I will because I've been recruited many times over by the Democrats over the years and... Uh, you know, was a firm believer that Mrs. Clinton would have made a great president. Um, but we'll see who our candidate is this time. And Do you have con- a preference, though? Because, I mean, there's a lot of concern that it's taking a long time to whittle it down, and it, they're now taking seven chunks out of each other. It may be contested at the end of the day, and our, you know, our system is a little funky because you've got to get these delegate votes, and, you know, they've got to they got to get enough in order to win the nomination, and it doesn't seem like a clear path right now. Do you think any of the candidates could actually beat Donald Trump? It's it's not an easy answer, you know. It's really not an easy answer. And and I I will say one thing is he spoke to people who felt voiceless mm-hmm. and and completely understandable, you know. So, um, in light of that, we as a nation need to figure out how we become one. It's not right now. My nation is so split yeah. that it's it's if you're with me or you're against me. There's no middle ground. Yeah, and it's really they should be embarrassed uh, politically uh, because this just party partisanship is just petty. And, and we see that again with the gun violence issue, haven't we? With the the, the gun control issue, and uh-huh. actually, you know, again, politicians completely out of touch with the majority of public opinion yep. in America. Well, on this. because they're beholden to lobbyists and money and and reelection. And you've you certainly campaigned on this issue. Uh, no, but you know, I, I I'm speaking about it. But I'll tell you, I wrote a song on this record that I'm very very proud of. That's called Lower the Flag. And in gun violence in our nation is rampant. People here in the UK, they, they think of common sense and they, they shake their heads at me. They go, how can your nation wear guns to church? Well, <laughs> that conversation is just not going anywhere right now because the, the, the lobbyists control yeah. the voices of the politicians. It's interesting, too, your, your album, 2020, uh, the, the artwork featuring an American flag and the reflection of your sunglasses, mm. uh, perhaps telling us a lot there. Uh, John Bon Jovi, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, you, I am, I'm absolutely sure that this will once again be another huge, huge hit for you. World Tour, you're going all over the place, quite literally, around the world. Um, when are your first dates here in the UK? I don't know yet uh, because we were just You promise you will summer. do. You promise? Almost definitely, but it could be 21 by the time I actually get here. Okay, well, we'll forgive you, and good luck with the recording Thank on Friday. You, Do your best to get Prince Harry on the, on the I mic. I shall, I shall. Excellent, it's an absolute pleasure. John Bon Jovi, the legend that is. John Bon Jovi, thank you very much indeed for joining us. Talk Radio Breakfast with Julia Hartley-Brewer and The Times. Know your times. Thanks for listening to the Julia Hartley-Brewer Daily. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and give me a good review. And don't forget to catch me on the Talk Radio Breakfast show every weekday from 6.30 until 10. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. 
Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.